The first reading this morning is um, from Luke chapter 15, starting at verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. And now to Revelation chapter 3. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A couple of weeks ago, I had to write my spiritual autobiography for a course I'm doing. Through the process of doing this and sharing it with others, I realised that my earliest remembered sense of God came through my aunts and grandparents on my father's side. I didn't grow up in a church-going household, and I don't remember any talk of God at home. However, my dad's mum and dad and his two sisters were all active and devout Catholics. They were poor, they rented a small flat above a shop in Peckham and they used to take me to church whenever I stayed and they talked about our Lord in such a loving way that Jesus felt like a lovely and loving part of the family. I used to imagine him sat on a chair in their lounge. Looking back, I realised what a gift that was. My earliest sense of the divine was not of someone distant or absent, but of someone who was real, present and deeply kind. My Auntie Mary encouraged me to pray, and I did that throughout my childhood, but I wasn't a churchgoer. When I was just 19, my dad died suddenly from a heart attack. He was only 47. I remember in my grief asking a lot of questions about what life was really all about and I began to doubt God was there. My dad hadn't been very happy and things hadn't been easy at home and I had a wild 16-year-old brother. There were lots of arguments and tensions. If God was there at all, I was very cross with him or her for blowing our family apart. After this began a time of searching for meaning for me. 
A friend lent me the book Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. His argument appeared to my, appealed to my logical brain. Basically, Jesus was either mad, bad, or who he said he was. And after I read it, I remember kneeling down in my tiny student room and asking Jesus into my life. I've always told people that this is when I became a Christian. But clearly, I had a sense of God earlier, inspired by my aunts and my granny. I started going to church and I joined the Christian Union at university. This had pros and cons. I became part of a Christian community where I learned so much and I started to read the Bible, which has opened my eyes. I also had a liberating sense of being forgiven. Less positively, I became dogmatic in my faith and had a period of desperately trying to convert all my friends and family to Jesus, believing that they all needed to be saved. I also became aware of lots of shoulds and oughts and shouldn'ts, and I had quite a mixed view of God at this time. There was a sense of him being a, demanded, a demanding God who wanted self-sacrifice, he wanted me to give all my money away, work unceasingly for the poor, and more. My friend Claire took me to Teze in my early 20s. For those who haven't been, it's an ecumenical Christian community in France with an enormous and wonderful church where services take place three times a day. My experiences in that community shaped my faith fundamentally. I went on seven separate occasions in my 20s including once when I spent two weeks there, one of which was in silence. It was at Teze that once again I became aware of what I knew as a small child, that God is deeply kind and loving, that God loves and accepts me, loves and accepts each of us, just as I am, we are. So why am I telling you this? I think because it helps to explain why I chose the passages I did. I chose them because I think they help us understand some of the most important truths about God and about ourselves. Truths I became became aware of partly through the experiences I've just described. In both the passages we heard... It is God who's doing the running. In the familiar passage about the parable of the lost sheep, the image of God is that of a shepherd hunting for his lost sheep. Ninety-nine are safe. Surely he could lose one. No. Not only does he keep searching till he finds it, he then rejoices with friends and neighbours inviting them over to celebrate the sheep's return. In the second reading from Revelation, the picture is of the risen Christ 
knocking at the door of our hearts. If we open the door, Christ promises to come in and eat with us, such a sign of God's love and acceptance. Both these passages paint pictures of a God who longs for us to be found, a God who takes the initiative and a God who is abundantly hospitable and above all else wants us to be known and loved. What is asked of us is not shoulds and oughts, but rather that we allow ourselves to be found. We allow ourselves to be known by God, all the shameful bits about us, all the bits of us we don't like. We allow ourselves to be loved just as we are, made in God's beautiful image fearfully and wonderfully made. When I started writing the talk, that's where I thought I would stop. But as I was pondering the passage of the lost sheep, I noticed something else. Jesus tells this story, and also the story of the lost coin and the prodigal son, in response to the Pharisees muttering about him eating with sinners. I wonder if you've ever thought about how many references there are in the Gospels to Jesus eating with people. I I hadn't really thought about it, but there are so many. Many of his teachings take place when he's eating with someone or is on his way to a meal or is on his way back from one. He ate with all sorts of people, tax collectors, prostitutes, women, sinners, slaves, children, possibly Gentiles, and Pharisees and teachers of the law. In Jesus' time, eating with many of these people would have been seen as shocking. Sometimes he was host and sometimes he hosted. Meals were absolutely central to Jewish life at this time. And truly righteous people were encouraged to eat only with people who'd shown clear evidence of repentance and reformation. In this context, Jesus' inclusive hospitality was absolutely radical. His actions implied acceptance of a person just as they are. They only have to be hungry. And that makes me think about our chaplaincy meals. My own experience of preparing and sharing meals as I do each week in some of our supported housing projects, together with Ellie and Samantha and the fabulous teams of volunteer chaplains, is that something truly wonderful happens at the table. Eating together is such a leveller. We all need to eat As I said earlier, chaplaincy meals take place on a weekly basis in nearly all our high-support housing projects. I may call them housing projects, but they are, as Addy talked about and Caroline commented on, home to the young people who live there. So the meals happen in their homes. As chaplains, it's hard to distinguish whether we're hosting or host ed. I think it's a mixture of both. 
we are in the young people's space and have the privilege of being allowed to cook and share a meal. Conversations flow over the preparation, the eating and the clearing up. Our ministry isn't a complicated one. We practice and receive hospitality. It's a response to God's abundant hospitality to us. And I hope and believe that it allows those at the table, volunteer chaplains, residents, housing staff, to have a glimpse of the hospitality of God through being welcomed and accepted just as they are. I want to finish by just reading again that wonderful verse from Revelation which sums up for me how much God longs for us to know how much we are loved and how much he or she longs for relationship with us. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into that person and eat with them and they with me. Thank you for listening.